Did you know that when you buy resources from Focus on the Family Canada, your purchase helps strengthen marriages, equip parents, defend biblical principles, and more. Plus, we carefully select every item, which means you will only encounter quality, biblically sound resources that are safe for the whole family. Help give back to Canadian families by shopping at Focus on the Family Canada. Find biblically-based resources for your family at shop.focusonthefamily.ca. That's shop.focusonthefamily.ca. We should be the standard bearer for what a happy, loving, respectful marriage looks like. When the world looks at us, they should look at us and say, that's what I want. Well, Fawn Weaver has some great insights today on this episode of Focus on the Family. Your host is Focus President and author Jim Daly. Thanks for joining us. I'm John Fuller. John, we met Fawn uh, several years ago, and her story captivated us. Um, The word overcomer is the best way to describe her. Uh, She had such a tumultuous uh, past growing up in Southern California. She's now a self-proclaimed happy wife, and she's uh, spreading the message of having a positive attitude when it comes to marriage, and it is so refreshing. Uh, The media and the culture tend to play up the negative aspects of marriage, and it's no wonder younger generations are asking themselves if they really want to get married. Mm -hmm. And of course, we say yes and yes, but when you hear Fawn's message, a lot of that negativity is debunked. And as believers, we want to live in a lifelong commitment with each other and do so with joy and happiness. And guess what? It takes energy and fuel to do that. And as we return to this program with Fawn Weaver today, uh, we're going to give you some ideas on how to improve in that area and make the most of your marriage. And Fawn is a popular author, blogger, very successful business executive, an entrepreneur, and a marriage advocate, obviously. And she's happily married to Keith and founded an online community called the Happy Wives Club that has over a million women participating, and it's dedicated to changing the tone of marriage. So let's pick up with this program as, Jim, you were asking Fawn about the Happy Wives Club. Hey, um, you speak to thousands, uh, over one million uh, women, almost on a daily basis. Um, What are you hearing them say about marriage and the context of marriage? The comment I get the most is, thank you for creating this, because I am embarrassed to share it. I literally just got this email. I, for so long, did not want to share with other people how great my marriage was, because people think (laughs) that you're either boasting, or they think that you're trying to tear them down. And really, I just want a safe place to be able to speak positively about my marriage. And that didn't really exist without this forum. And the reality is, is yes, a lot of people have really bad marriages, but hey, a lot of us have really good marriages, and we shouldn't have to keep our mouths closed while you guys are talking a million <laughs> miles a minute, right? Yeah. So if those who are not having great marriages are able to say everything that is on their mind, why can't we get that same benefit? It's a great point, especially, again, from Christ followers. I mean, this is the way it should be, and those that are struggling should get encouragement there yeah. to do things differently. Yeah. I mean, why stay in the rut of a broken marriage or an unhappy marriage? That's not what the Lord has for you. What he doesn't want is for you to divorce. He wants you to improve the marriage you're in Absolutely. and to stick with it. You decided to take a trip around the world, literally, uh, which is interesting in and of itself. Why did you think you had to go to Asia and Australia and Europe and Africa to talk about 
marriage. I'm an overachiever. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice. So, <laughs> so, <I> mean, what, <laughs> so when, when I started the Happy Wives Club, it was literally, it wasn't meant to be some big blog. People had to tell me what I had was a blog. And they'd tell me, you should be posting articles. I'd say, why? This is just a club where I said, I love being married. I am a happy wife. And let's shine a positive spotlight on marriage. That was it. That's all it was meant to be. A bunch of women coming together to say, hey, this is a safe place to say, my husband rocks. And that's okay. Right? <laughs> How many countries? Uh, well, at that time, it was only my four girlfriends, <laughs> right? That were all within a 20-mile radius and my mother, okay. who was gotta also- Got to have mom. So it was, it was basically those five. But now today- uh, 120-something countries, but we moved into 22 countries in uh, less than four weeks when I first began, and we were doing it by email, not by Facebook and all this social media stuff. Wow. So girlfriends sending it to other girlfriends they knew who were happily married and just were tired of seeing how poorly wives were portrayed on television. I, it's actually amazing that um, we're okay aiming for the lowest common denominator Isn't rather than sad? the highest. Yeah, yeah. You know, why not? Why not talk about the good stories? Yeah. Um, your worldwide tour, you ended up uh, encountering and interviewing couples. What did yeah. you find when you talked to these people? And what were you looking for when you landed in Perth or in Tokyo? Yeah. I mean, did you just look for married couples you could talk to? Oh, no. These were vetted married couples. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. These weren't people I found online. Okay. So what I did is when I decided I wanted to share this message of happy wives around the world and what makes a marriage not just good. We know enough about what makes a marriage good. I wanted to know what makes a marriage great. And that's what I set out to do. And I didn't think that it was fair to just stay in the U.S. because we experience different things in the U.S. that are uh, quite different. So what works here, I thought, would probably be different than what makes a marriage great in Africa or what makes a marriage great in Asia or makes it great in Australia. I thought it would be pretty different. As it turns out, it's the same. Yeah. And if I hadn't recorded all of it for proof, I don't think anyone would believe me that there are so many couples around the world and they're really following the same principles. So what I did is as I was interviewing each couple, I would just sit with them over dinner or over coffee and I would just let them talk. I wasn't guiding the conversation. Right. But what I did to find these couples is I reached out to people that I personally knew around the world who I trusted. And I said, this is what I want to do. I want to show couples that have not just been loving each other for 25 or more years, but have been in love with each other for 25 or more years. Point me to that couple that behind closed doors, they are the same people they are in public. Mm. And so that meant that people were having to point me to those that were either parents or aunts and uncles. It had to be someone who was intimately a part of their circle. And here's what was funny. It was not difficult to find these couples because everyone knows a couple like this. And we all kind of look at them and just think they're the unicorns. Right. And the thing is, is that if we spent more time around them, then maybe we could all be the unicorns. Right. More like that, more successful in our marriages. Absolutely. And that was the goal. If I could tell the stories, and I didn't just interview wives, I interviewed both husband 
and wives because I wanted to see a few things. One, I wanted to see how they interacted. That could not be told on a video or, or on paper. I wanted to see how they looked into each other's eyes, how playful they were, what that dynamic was. And I have to tell you, around the world, no matter where they were born or their background, what makes a marriage great is the same. Yeah, it's so true. Uh, you could relate to the story. In 1992, we started the International Division. So we uh, went on trips around the world, two or three of us. Peb Jackson was the vice president at that time. And I remember going to Kenya, and I sat with Dr. Lillian Wahomey, who was a psychologist in Kenya, and she and I had lunch. And I said, you know, Lillian, we'd like to go global with focus, but do you think it'll be relevant? And she laughed, and she said, well, it's like an American to think you invented the family, <laughs> which I thought was a great line. I love it. And I laughed. I, I said, it. fair enough. But she said, as long as you're sticking to marriage and parenting, yeah. it's the universal language. Absolutely. And she told me that in 92, and you're really validating that, that yeah. whether you're in the Philippines or South Africa or Europe. Guess what? Husbands and wives, yeah. moms and dads struggle with virtually yeah. the same stuff, whether Absolutely. you're in a, a village, a rural village, or you're in the big city of the world. It's all the same. Listen, one of the couples I interviewed was an arranged marriage from India. Okay. How'd that go? Yeah, it went fantastic because they decided after the arrangement, they didn't want to have marriages like their parents where they didn't really like each other. They wanted to figure out how do we like each other? So we started off with the I do. And now how do we figure out if we're going to be together for the rest of our lives? How do we really enjoy this? And what I loved about the husband, Abraham, is he said something that every man before him, every husband before him said. And he said, what makes our marriage different from all the other arranged marriages is from the beginning, I respected her. Huh. Yeah. That made a difference. Yeah. In fact, you talk about another story. I think it was uh, Bonnie and Jerry mm -hmm. that you came across. What country were they in and what was the uh, kind of the aha you had with them? Yeah, they were in Winnipeg, Canada. And, you know, Bonnie and Jerry, it was very interesting looking at their relationship because, one, they're the only ones that I interviewed that did not have children because, again, I was interviewing couples that were married 25 years or more, and they chose from the beginning not to have children. Huh. What I loved about their relationship is they, one, they knew who they were and they wanted to help each other in life from the beginning. So he was a postal worker, didn't enjoy his job. So he really wanted to retire early. She was getting her degree in accounting and wanted to be a CPA. So they began on this journey side by side and said, all right, how do I help you? And how do I help you? And how do I help you? And they were able to both achieve their dreams together by working together. So he made this one joke that at one point when she was doing her, getting her CPA degree, the way that he helped is while she would do things like cooking and things like that, he would read the books to her. And he said it was the most boring thing he had ever done in his life, but he was committed to helping her get her degree. And I tell people this all of the time, when it comes to success, the thing that I learned about from interviewing all these couples is that couples have a built-in advantage when they are on the same team, when they are playing this field together. Mm. And you, for a single person, you kind of have to figure it out all on your own. You have to figure out who you can trust. But when you are with someone and you already have that worked out, you're able to get twice as much work done. So for all of these couples, interestingly enough, they were all successful 
but none of them began their marriage that way, and none of them were given anything. Yeah. They earned it together. Yeah, it, it, that's such a great analogy of being on the field and on the same team on the field. Because yeah. that's when sports analogies, and that's when sports breaks down, right? When yeah. you're not working together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's true in marriage. Yeah. You had a story from a taxi cab driver in Mauritius. What he, did he say? Yeah, he said, do not, do not is the secret to a happy marriage. (laughs) What is that? You get what you give. You get what you give. You get what you give. And so if you want love, you give it. If you want respect, you give it. Whatever it is that you truly want is what you give. Let me ask you this when you you say that. Um, These are universal human truths. The irony is they're also rooted in Scripture. We've got to be very bold and blunt about that. God has designed all this. God has placed us here. We're made in the image of God. And that's where we Christians will make that connection to say that's why these things are true no matter what culture you're in. These are basic human truths because they're rooted in God's character, right? Absolutely. We should be the standard bearer for what a happy, loving, respectful marriage looks like. When the world looks at us, they should look at us and say, that's what I want. Right now, the issue that we have is nobody wants what we have. And that's a problem. That should be a signal. That should be a signal, right? And if we can put the same thing that I have had the pleasure of doing with the Happy Wives Club, of putting a positive spotlight on marriage. But keep in mind, this isn't just Christian. This is people all around the world from every background. But really, truly, it is Christian couples that should be the standard bearer for what it's like. Because Christ laid it out for us. Paul laid it out for us. He told us, this is what is going to work. This is how you can be successful in marriage. And boy, I don't know. We just ignore it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. To our we peril. We just ignore it. To our peril. There is nothing in this book, and I tell people this all the time, there is nothing in this book earth shattering. What is in this book are things that you already know. They are things that you should already be doing, but likely have chosen not to do. And so it's really a reminder by looking at all of these couples around the world and taking this journey with me, it's really a reminder of what makes a marriage great and how to apply those things to your own. This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment. Searching for the right insurance at the right price isn't always a quick click on the internet. Deeks Insurance has been a licensed insurance brokerage since before Googling was a thing. So if you're looking to save on auto insurance that includes multi-vehicle discounts and first accident forgiveness or home coverage with enhanced water options, then start your search by typing Deeks Insurance. You'll already start saving on time spent searching the internet for the best insurance. Visit deeksinsurance.ca to get started with a quote. Deeks Insurance, where family matters. This is the sound of the staff here at Focus on the Family Canada every weekday morning at 9 a.m. Petitioning God for those with crisis in their marriage, for those who want to become better parents, and those who are lifting up loved ones to the hope that one day they will know the salvation that Christ has to offer. We'd love to hear from you too. Call us today with your prayer requests at 1-800-A-FAMILY or email us at prayer at FOTF.ca. Focus on the Family Canada wants to inspire teen girls to grow in their faith with a new and improved Brio magazine. By nearly doubling the size of each magazine, teen girls will love the fresh new design, including more articles, interviews, and daily devotions focused on a growing faith in Christ. Inspire teen girls to grow in their faith. 
your subscription today at BrioMagazine.ca. That's BrioMagazine.ca. Or call 1-800-A-FAMILY. Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming. Fawn, you were in the Philippines. Uh, We are talking about the connection with God. You met a couple there that said he's the most important aspect of the marriage relationship. This has been in Gloria. Um, And I think they taught you that you got to put God first. You know, that was a pretty common thing. Now, here's the thing, and we've already said that I was speaking to people of different religions. The thing that was common across the board, and especially with the couples, the majority of them were Christian couples, God being the at the top is what was most important. I think one of the places that we get in a little bit of trouble with marriage that none of these couples were in is that we want to put God first, and then we want to decide if the husband or the wife comes second or third, (laughs) and we want to kind of go down this line. And that's just not the way that these couples operated. You had God first, and then you had husband and wife side by side working together to make life great, to raise their children in the best way they possibly could. So I think that that triangle is what was shown with Mm. every couple. No, that is good. You also met Barb and Doug in Australia. Ah. They they, uh, tipped you off to a good, great marriage uh, idea and principle. What was it? Let me tell you something about Barb, and because it's happened since I left. She was in the beginning stages of ALS when I was there and when I was doing that interview. And since then, she has now been in a wheelchair, and you've seen her go down pretty quickly. And I stay up with her and and Doug and her children and friends were all on Facebook. So I've been able to watch this and to watch this man care for her. Mm. It is the most beautiful thing you ever want to see. And so when I look at different couples, what I think about is, man, when I am 70, when I am 80, who do I want to be there by my side, helping me through any challenges I might have through life. And for me, that's hands down Keith. So the way that I handle my marriage now is beginning with the end in mind. Huh. Boy, that's uh, powerful to think of it in that context. Um, we had uh, the interim president focused Don Hodel. You remember mm-hmm. John, uh, Don's yes. wife, Barbara, tripped on the staircase, tumbled to the bottom, pinched her uh, spinal cord, and she was quadriplegic. And so for the last... Uh, four or five years of Barb's life, Don had to basically do everything for her. And he wrote um, and blogged about caretaking of his wife in that condition. And it moved a lot of us to tears. I mean, that was unconditional love. And to see that kind of caregiving and that ability and willingness to do it in their 70s um, was profound and quite moving. And uh, he lost her uh, a while back, and uh, but that to see that kind of love, um, that's where the rubber meets the road. Yeah, Don's yeah. devotion and his tenderness toward her were so um, uplifting and inspiring. Mm. And that's what you saw and that, are seeing in Doug and, and absolutely. Bonnie. And the the likelihood is is that they had a great friendship before that period of time. So mm. him taking care of her it is his honor. 
And friendship is so, it was one of the other, really the other pillars of a great marriage as I traveled is these folks were friends. They laughed together. They played together. They joked together. They did not take themselves that seriously. Yeah, it was just like, oh my goodness, life is hard enough without making marriage hard. <laughs> right. But how, in light of that though, uh, fun, in light of how hard marriage can be and, and life can be, how do you cultivate those friendship moments? I think one of the things is, is you look at life as being hard and you don't look at your marriage as being hard. You look at the outside world and say, how do we keep them out. One of when my husband calls me, the song that plays on my phone is something by the Dixie Chicks called Easy Silence. And the line in it says, the easy silence that you make for me, keeping the world at bay. Mm -hmm. And that's what he does for me is keep the world at bay. And really I look at marriage and all of these couples look at marriage as their safe zone. Mm -hmm. It's the one place in the world that you actually have control of the environment. Nowhere else can you have that. And so in your home, if you want to create a home of peace, a home of serenity, a home of tranquility, you have the power to do that. Yeah, and that, that is a good word. In fact, you and Keith, you use an acronym, A-E-O-D. Yeah. What is it? Accept each other's differences. Okay, why so, is that so hard for us to do? You know, I don't know, because and it was a, a friend of mine said when reading this, she said, I love this because when I look at different couples and they argue and one wants one to be like the other and the other says, if two people are identical, then one of you is unnecessary. <laughs> right. And that's what I look at when I look at these different couples, when you accept each other's differences and don't try to change the other person or cause them to respond to you the way that you would respond to you, you're accepting the fact that the two of you are different by design. Yeah. And that is okay. And really, are you so great that you want everyone to be like you, that you want your spouse <laughs> to be just like you? Are you that awesome? And, you know, maybe it's just me. I don't think I'm that awesome that I want my husband to be made in my image. Oh, that's good. That's right? a challenge right there. Yeah. You were brave enough to say to Keith, at some point in your marriage, you can give us the timeline of this, but you said, Keith, on a scale of one to that? 10, how am I doing? <laughs> now, no husband wants to answer that oh, question. No win so kind of that thing. Was naughty, that was naughty of you to even say it, but he came back with an answer that didn't please you much. No, and, and this was actually, I was in Australia when this happened. And the reason why I wanted to know the answer to that question, listen, maybe that is not for everyone. I only only speak on my own behalf. You can do what it, with it what you will. But for me, I didn't want to think that I was a 10 and my husband thinks in terms of how I am as a wife to him, I'm a five. I didn't want a five point differential <laughs> right. there. And I am strong enough to be able to take feedback. We want feedback in every area of our lives. I thought you responded well, but tell us the exchange and how he said it and what he said and yeah. how you responded to it. I asked on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being the best wife I could be. This is not comparing me to anyone else. 10 as the best I could possibly be. Where am I right now? And boy, did he hem and haw. <laughs> that he did oh. stall for time no oh. doubt uh, and we were on Skype because I'm in Australia yeah. and he just did not want to answer that question that's said, when you honey? start saying I can't hear you <laughs> honey can you speak louder and, and listen he wouldn't answer the question he said can I think about it now that should have already tipped me off right can I think about it and I once I asked the question and he didn't answer so for a few days and finally I went back and I said honey 
what is the answer? And he said, I would say you're a seven. Can I tell you no wife wants to hear they're a seven? Right. And at the time, if you had asked me the exact question, I would have told you I was a nine. Now, did you hang up or did you? No. No. You know, and again, this is is a grown-up's table, right? Right. Marriage is a grown-up thing. You have to be able to take feedback and not lash out. If you ask the question, you have to be able to receive it. And so I asked the question. And so my next was, please give me a list of the six things that I can do to increase my score. To get close. See, I think that's incredible. Not one or two, but six things. I told you earlier I'm an overachiever, you are, right? Yeah. Okay. So I wanted wow. to know six things that I could do to get closer to being the best wife I could possibly be. Again, do you remember a couple of those? I, well, you know what's funny? Not to be too personal. Uh, oh, here. listen, you know me. You can ask anything. One of them, the very first one that came very quickly from him was, honey, Sometimes you think and speak simultaneously. (laughs) It would be helpful to do one before the other and thought would be the better one to go first. And so I thought it was going to be all of these things like, you know, it would be really nice if you cooked more or it'd be really great if you cleaned up a little bit more. I thought it would be those quote unquote wifely duty things that people speak about so much, but really all the things that he wanted for me are things that I truly should have wanted for myself. Mm. And they were all things that would make me a better person. Not spending as much time on business and reaching out to friends and family, actually showing other people that I care. Those were the kind of things that were on the list. But that top one was learning to speak after I have thought through. <laughs> I'm well, still working on that, That's by a the way. great discussion, though. I mean, that's a really healthy one. And I give you credit for responding well. I know you asked the question, but I yeah. would say in 90% of marriages, uh, popping that question yeah. leads to an argument or a fight. Well, well, let me tell you, and this is the beauty of that question, is while he was writing down his six things, I wrote down 12 I thought could possibly be on his six. Can I tell you how many were on there? Yeah. One. Really? So if I, by my own devices, had decided I want to try to be the best wife I can be, so I'm going to do all these 12 things, 11 of them wouldn't have mattered to him. That's why the question is important. Yeah, that that is so powerful. Uh, Fawn, this has been really great. And I'm glad that you took that challenge to say, let's talk about great marriages. Let's stop letting media define what marriage is like, the drudgery of it. And many of us do have good marriages, and I'm grateful for it. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. Well, Fawn Weaver has such a heart to share positive messages about marriage, and that certainly came through on this episode of Focus on the Family. And I trust that you've been inspired to look for the best in your spouse. Well, I hope so too, John. This is why Focus on the Family exists. We want to uphold marriage and provide you with the tools you need to have a thriving relationship with your spouse. And we have lots of resources to help you in that area, like our free online marriage assessment. I think over a million people have taken that. 
It just takes a few short minutes. Uh, You'll get a solid overview of what's working well in your marriage and some areas you might want to concentrate on. Mm -hmm. Uh, We also have Fawn's book, Happy Wives Club, One Woman's Worldwide Search for the Secrets of a Great Marriage. You can get it directly through us here at Focus on the Family Canada. And please remember, that money then goes right back into ministry, providing hope and help to families just like yours. So get your copy and join the support team of Focus on the Family Canada today. Yeah, donate, uh, take that marriage assessment, and get your copy of Happy Wives Club when you uh, stop by focusonthefamily.ca or call 800, the letter A, and the word family, 800-232-6459. We'll plan now to join us tomorrow as we have a really powerful story of forgiveness uh, between an abortion survivor and her biological mom. That was the moment when she read the words on the card that said, thank you for choosing life for me. Um, I thought it would be this redemptive breakthrough moment, and I was met with the most painful tears I've ever seen in anyone's eyes before. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for joining us today for Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller, inviting you back as we once more help you and your family thrive in Christ.